Hey everyone, welcome back to Service and Practice. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to make a quick announcement. When I had this initial idea for the podcast, a couple of my friends asked if I would consider a blog format to this as well. And I'm happy to announce that for each episode, I write a short blog post in an email form, and it covers all the points discussed with some of the verses or quotes and links to resources as well. So if you click on the link in the episode's show notes, you can sign up for these emails to get the content in both the blog and the podcast form. And now, our special guest today is Sherry Suriel. Sherry serves at the Church of St. George and St. Schnuda in Jersey City, New Jersey. And I've personally known Sherry for many years. And recently, I actually began working at the same medical device company where she works. And I look up to her a lot, both in the professional sense and in the context of service. And today, Sherry is going to talk to us about how one can contribute to service faithfully while juggling a demanding job or a rigorous course load at school. How are you, Sherry? Hi, Karen. I'm well. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good, and thanks for being here. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say today. Um, Looking at your experience, that's uh, really impressive. Thank you. Still have a long way to go, but I appreciate it. (laughs) No, that's really awesome. And I can't wait till I get to that point as well. So you've reached a point of success in your career. And I can tell, and those that around you can tell, you haven't neglected your service in order to get there. And sometimes people might think that service can just take a back burner when things get busy with school or work. And before we get into the solution to this, can you share your thoughts on how we should be prioritizing service? Yeah, um, absolutely. So I find service to be most meaningful when it's not convenient. Um, one of the rules of thumb that I apply to myself in my life is what I invest my time in is what I am signaling as important to me, right? And so, for example, I'll never say, you know, I don't have, instead of saying I don't have time for something, I like to say it's not a priority, To avoid putting service in the category of not being a priority, it's approaching it with this reverence, this understanding that it's a privilege to be able to participate in the act of service with God. Because the service doesn't need us, God doesn't need us to, to do something that he's very capable of doing. It's us who need the service. So um, I think it's really important to not just serve when it's convenient and understanding that you know, service is an investment in ourselves. I think I learned so much more from participating in the service than I could ever give any person or group of people. I really like that you said that service is not about when it's just convenient for us. And it reminds me of the book on social justice, in which St. Basil writes beautifully, if you would dare not to entertain dignitaries with the leftovers from your table, how dare you propitiate God with scraps? And this quote's not just about our money or physical belongings that we can offer, but it also extends to our time and efforts, that we're not going to give God the leftovers of our time or do things just when it's convenient. And this may sound great in theory, but putting it into practice can be a challenge sometimes, especially if you're in college or grad school, and a lot of our listeners are in that position. So can you tell us about your experience when you were in school, and did you find yourself shifting away from service or drawn in even more? Yeah, so I think uh, just by nature, because of how social I am, I got really drawn to 
service groups such as Coptic Society. I did have other roles on campus, tutoring, TAing, that sort of thing. Um, but I feel like Coptic Society was was my main service in the form of on-campus ministry. That made it really easy to participate because it was on-site and, you know, my friends were doing it and we were all participating in this thing together, which made it fun. What's important to note is that the beauty of college is you have so much flexibility, right? For the most part, you're in charge of your own schedule, you know, when you're picking classes or what you're doing during your free time, that sort of thing. So you're able to choose what sorts of activities you participate in. And if you're looking for those opportunities, you'll find them. Like I said, like on-campus ministry was a fairly easy thing to participate in, but service takes on many forms. And I think it's, um, you'll find your niche and you'll find the kind of service or, or the talents that you have that you can give back with if you're looking for those opportunities. So, um, you know, I also like to note that, again, I mentioned before how I'm the one that benefits so much more than I can possibly give it. And so one of the things that I really benefited from by participating in an organized effort like CS on campus is that um, I was able to gain leadership skills and, um, you know, learn how to work with a group and collaborate and um, respond to some sort of a hierarchy within school. So that definitely helped me later in my career as well. That's really interesting. Like you were saying, service being an investment in yourself. And of course, you're not doing the service for the sake of, you know, you maybe could look good on your resume. But, you know, when you're putting your heart and soul into it and you're picking up skills along the way, that's pretty awesome. And, um, you know, I, I can relate definitely to what you were saying about benefiting from the on-campus ministries. And also the fact, like you said, that in college or even grad school, you may have flexibility in planning your classes and, and other activities or responsibilities that you have. And maybe you won't always get that flexibility in the long term when you start working in corporate or even if you work a job where the time is structured around shifts, you may not have the ability to make those choices. So what's your advice on still making service a priority and being able to have service be an ever-present part of your life when you're working? Yeah, that's a great question, um, especially, especially, you know, I've had to find ways to manage that when I was working full time, going to school full time for my master's, and then um, also trying to keep the services that I had already committed to. Um, that definitely became challenging. And I've had to have tough conversations like, look, you know, I won't be able to make it to um, you know, certain meetings because they end too late and I just can't, I can't accommodate in that way because I have to get up way too early for work the next day or um, I'm coming from classes and it's, and, you know, at that point, it's a struggle, you know, trying to manage certain aspects of the service. So um, I think it's really important to know that you have to be flexible. Everything's in flux. Your circumstances are in flux. And so you know, work with your co-servants, be clear, communicate just how much you can dedicate yourself and, and make sure that if you're not able to meet what you committed to, then at least you're communicating that and, you know, giving your co-servants or your priest an opportunity to find ways to fill that gap, right? If you're leaving one behind. Another thing I'd say about that is, as your circumstances are in flux, you know, even the form of service itself changes as well. I found myself 
really focused on services that are facilitated through the church. And, and that's where I picked up most of my load. But then as I became more involved, you know, on campus, right, after I had, I got my graduate degree and um, I started being more involved at work and, you know, my my professional community, I saw that my service started to shift more towards being more involved at work and serving people that I work with and um, being more involved with my school and serving students in different capacities. So it morphed and it took on a different form that I felt I could better serve and, and um, bring value to the table for those for those groups of people. That's really cool that you saw you could evolve in the capacity in which you serve. Again, having that same spirit of service, always looking to benefit others and not better yourself, but at the same time being adaptable and flexible with the setting in which you were. And I think it's important for us to think outside the box sometimes. Sometimes we always, you know, think of our service kind of traditionally bound to certain places, certain times, but you said you found service opportunities in your workplace and being able to give back as an alumni to your school. And, you know, this topic of like shifting service profiles is really interesting. So I think that it's it's great that you've explored that. And something else that you said I really liked is to be honest with yourself and to, you know, communicate with others. And I think that to know yourself is really important to, you know, always have the check-in with yourself, evaluating, am I giving 100% that I can give in service? Um, and to really be in tune with yourself and with God and knowing what you are called to do. Well, I mean, just to add to that, Karen, right, because I know you and I have, you know, we've had many conversations um, in the past, whether it's a quick coffee chat at work or, um, you know, our weekly or biweekly check-ins. But we've even discussed, like, the importance of, regardless of what it is that you do, be faithful in that. And that in itself is a service, right? If you're a student, being faithful in your studies can be example to others and in and of itself can be a service to those people because, you're showing what a faithful steward looks like. And if you are faithful in your work, that can also be an encouragement or inspiration to others. Yeah, for sure. It's really beautiful to think about our ourselves and our own actions, that being a service to others, so that you know we can be witnessing or helping others without even realizing. And continuing on thinking about work, why do you think it might be important to evaluate and know your own idea of what success looks like. Why is it important to check that perception in order to stay faithful in your service? That's a great question. So, you know, it's really important to to define what success means for you because it'll look different for everyone. And there's there are a lot of um, perceptions and, and different pressures that might plant in your mind what you have to do to become successful, what it's, whether it's be known, um, you know, by leadership in your, in your organization or whether it's, you know, make a certain dollar amount, but it's really important that you're just, you sit down and you reflect on what, what's important to you. What do you prioritize and how can you show up in those ways for yourself and for others and 
you know, essentially draw others to Christ in those ways. So it's, it's being super genuine and authentic and saying, you know, um, for example, like for me, community is really important to me, like 100%. Like I'm a people person. I love community and um, I love when I can create an environment that's collaborative, that's fun, that people can feel productive, people can better themselves and, and take their careers to the next level. I think that's something that um, I really thrive doing. And so recognizing that that's something that I love to do and that um, I can I can bring to my team or group or whoever it is I'm working with, that I define success then by bringing that to my team, right? Adding that value to my team where, you know, it's a very tight-knit collaborative environment and people support one another and trust one another and work towards a common goal. So that's how I define success, but that's because I'm very community and people driven. And, you know, somebody else can say, I, you know, I'm really great with, um, you know, process efficiencies. Like I just have a mind for being able to identify trends and make things more efficient, make things work better, smoother. So maybe somebody else can define success by saying like, I want to drive efficiencies in my organization. And that's what that's what success looks like for me when I can identify processes that I have contributed to making better or enhancing. So, um, you know, to bring it back to your question, how do you define success? It's really sitting down and saying, okay, well, what's important to you? What are your talents and how can you use those talents to, to make, you know, your own world or the, or the the immediate touch points around you right whether it's the people you touch or the teams you touch or or the organization that you touch how can you make that realm better i really like that you talked about success to you being derived from what your priorities are and it's important for us to set our priorities and doing so not to be selfish and when you're pursuing your goals you need to think of others and look out for others and it's really great that you found for yourself, Sherry, being successful comes from cultivating and, and fostering that sense of community, whether that's among your team at work or a group of friends or even at church. And sometimes it's hard to swallow this pill that we're called to follow Christ and renounce the world and the cares of the world. And in this context of service, we should be doing this because our goal is heaven. And how can we remain faithful to the school and faithful at the same time in our studies and our career while ensuring that we are not materialistic? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, oftentimes we do get caught up in shaping our careers such that we can make the most money, right? We always want to advance. Um, and oftentimes it's for a greater paycheck. And I think that it's really important to realize that money and materialistic things don't bring joy. And I know that that's something we hear often and it's something that is, it's, it's a concept that's proliferated through our, you know, church teachings, et cetera. But I think you even get to see that in practice. It's, you can have all the things in the world, but that's not what brings you joy. It's, it's relationships that bring you joy, relationships with Christ and relationships with each other. And so I think this question is is twofold, right? How can you remain faithful in our studies or career? It's because that's something that you chose to do. That's something that you chose to spend your time on and your time is super valuable. Like 
people, you know, time is not, it's not a, um, it's, it's not a resource that you can regenerate, you know, by you spending your time on something, you're saying that this is really important to me, that this is a priority in my life, that I'm going to spend this um, irreplenishable resource on this activity. And so hopefully that's motivation enough to remain faithful to it, right? To give it your best shot and making sure that you're spending your time on something because you're not expecting that it's going to get you a nicer, bigger, shinier thing, but you're spending your time on something because it brings you joy, because it's something that you're good at, because you're putting your talents to good use to serve those around you and just continue again. It's that concept of like bringing value, right? I think it's, it's really important to be really thoughtful with the different endeavors that we pursue and being thoughtful could look like really sitting down and reflecting and meditating daily and identifying what our skills are and identifying the talents that God has bestowed upon us and how we can apply those talents and how we can, again, just serve one another. Um, I think it's really important to be just genuine, right? Um, be honest with yourself. And if there's something that you're struggling with, whether it's in your heart or whether it's something that you're struggling with overcoming or it's a goal that you just can't seem to meet, um, reassessing, like, is this thing right for me? Is this where God wants me to go? And, you know, part of being authentic is crafting this life around what feels right for you, what's true to yourself, your values, and what you want to accomplish. So again, it's really important, like you're saying, that we need to be self-reflective to understand what our priorities are and also our talents and mm -hmm. then work to put those into practice and you know, being faithful in in our work and in our school that's a direct um that's directly a commandment or a guidance that we're given in the bible you know to be the good and faithful servant is to be faithful with what we are given and it's not just about service but it's also about being faithful and honest and genuine in everything that you do and you know fulfilling the verse of this podcast actually first peter 4:10 which says as each one has received a gift minister it to one another and we can do this without even realizing it sometimes just by being a witness to christ at work mm -hmm. or at school so thanks yeah. sherry for sharing your thoughts on this and i've learned a lot from this conversation Thank you. Thanks for having me, Karen. And I'm really happy to be able to support you in your podcast adventure. I'm excited to be here and um, I really can't wait to see where this takes you. Thanks. I can't wait to see where it goes as well. <laughs> yeah. So now time for the last bit of the show, these rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Ready. All right. So first up, tell us a funny or moving story that's happened in your experience as a servant. Sure. So. I'm not very funny, or at least when I try to be, um, you know, the punchline falls flat. So I'm going to go with with moving. One recent experience that really stood out to me was a midnight run that, that I joined in the city. So for those who don't know what a midnight run is, it's when you prepare in advance, you pack food, clothing, necessities, toiletries, whatever. Um, 
somebody who's living on the streets might need. And then you go to pre-designated locations to distribute them to the homeless who are waiting there, knowing that someone is coming. Anyway, so I met this woman, a homeless woman. Her name is Tina. And we ended up having a really long conversation. I was with her the entire time we were at this one stop. And Tina was sharing with me her experiences with living on the streets. I mean, a lot of her experience was really, really painful and difficult. And obviously, like, initially, when you hear somebody pouring, like, displaying their life before you like that and how challenging it is, like, the first thing I could think of was, wow, I'm really thankful for my own circumstances. I can be quite narrow-sighted sometimes um, in not recognizing my blessings, but, you know, she really put into perspective to me just how blessed I am. But then another thing that came to mind was, you know, this woman, Tina, she'd gone through all of it, constantly living in fear of like rape. So she always has to sleep under like a street lamp or, or, or have a buddy or, you know, not being able to carry important documents on her because they're always stolen. And she's had her identity stolen a few times. And anyways, in the midst of all those experiences, was always bringing her struggles before God. Um, Tina was always very prayerful about everything that she went through and constantly saying how she was always praying for her uh, brothers and sisters, the homeless, like whenever she saw food being distributed or opportunities at a homeless shelter to to have housing for the night, she would always call people and, and make sure that they're taken care of, that they had the same sort of provisions that she had. She still had a very generous, open, loving heart and that to me was incredible she was an inspiration and i i walked away from that really inspired to pray for my brothers and sisters the way she did for hers wow that is really beautiful and moving and it goes to show that we can learn from just anyone you know about service and yeah. about our relationship with god so thank you for sharing that yeah for sure Our second question is, can you recommend a book about service to the listeners? I'm going to recommend A Silent Patriarch by uh, Abuna Daniel Fanous. He, I know that that's the one that's, you know, um, it's a popular book in the Coptic community at the moment, um, being that it was a recent release, but I absolutely love it. And I think learning about Pope Korolos and the way he lived his life was just incredible. I I loved, I, I devoured that book. I loved every minute I was reading it. I loved learning about him and about our church. So I highly recommend that one. I'm a big fan of it too. I actually read it recently as well. I think I finished it a couple months ago, right at the beginning of quarantine. Um, yeah. And yeah, no, it, it was really beneficial. And, you know, a similar question is now, what's your favorite quote about service? This was a, something that, a monk from the St. Mary and St. Moses Abbey said to me during our service time over there. And he said, um, let all that you do be done for God. Like, don't, don't do things for people. Let everything that you do, all that you do, submit it to God. And he gave a little explanation with that. He said that because if you do something for another person, oftentimes people will disappoint you. You can be on good terms one day and then on bad terms the next. And so when you do something kind um, or an act of service for someone and they upset you or or they disappoint you, 
um, you can fall into the trap of regretting this thing that you did for them and you lose your reward in that way. But when you do everything for God, God will never forget anything that you've done for him or in his name. And you will always have that reward um, because God is is just the one constant in your life. So I have to say that's something that like whenever I'm doing something, it's kind of like something that I keep like repeating under my breath. Lord, all that I do, I do for you. And it's a it's a really nice reminder. That is a good reminder. And it definitely echoes the verse in Colossians 3 that says, Whatever you do, do it heartily, ask to the Lord and not to men. And we have to remember that even though we are serving people, we are ultimately serving Christ. And the reason why we serve is because of him. Yeah. Lastly, if you can give one bit of advice to the listeners, what would that be? I would say, and I've mentioned this, but I would encourage people to just take the time to really get to know themselves. Um, When you know yourself, it's a lot easier to be really authentic and um, have genuine interactions with those around you. It takes time. Um, It takes a lot of, it it could even be painful sometimes because at first you might not realize just how much pretentiousness you've built around yourself and trying to protect yourself or in trying to create this image of what you would like to be or what you think is the best um, way to present yourself. So over time, when you have the courage to, you know, I call it burn the deadwood, but just get rid of all those layers that have held you back for so long and really be able to discover just who you are and and stick to that and be authentic. I think that's really the most important thing. I love the analogy of in order to know how to use the toy, you have to, um, you know, either read the manual or get to know the toy maker. And I like to think that scripture is the manual. And I like to think that our Lord and Savior um, is the toy maker. And so, you know, in order to know oneself, you have to know who made you and why. And we find those answers in our relationship with Christ. Thank you for that advice. Really awesome. And thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Karen. Really, it's been a pleasure. Uh, The pleasure is mine. It was great to hear your thoughts and advice and may God reward you for your service. Absolutely. I look forward to seeing you around the office whenever we get back there. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And thank you so much to all you listeners. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with someone who may benefit. Thank you so much and see you soon.